God, we lift up the name of Jesus this morning. We thank you that we can look to you and that you are a powerful God who is capable and able and willing to um, love us, change us and intervene in our life. God, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us and we ask that this morning as we gather in your name, you would transform us to be more like Jesus. Would you make us more loving this morning, more kind, more generous, more merciful? God, we thank you for who you are and how you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So good. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning to our online. We love you guys as well. Why don't you say hello to somebody as you take a seat? A nice COVID safe hello. Say good morning. If you are joining us on Facebook or on YouTube or on the church platform, big good morning to you as well. Why don't you say hello in the comments and uh, let us know that you're tuning in. We'd love to have you tuning in that way. There's room for you at SBC, even if uh, it's tuning in online. We love you. Amazing. So good. Isn't it great to be here? Enjoying their chats. I can see a little, uh, a little sneaky, like the sun is shining through the, the window there. I thought yesterday maybe that was it, like the nice weather was over, it was a bit breezy, a little bit cool, and I thought that's it. We need to light the fire, I'm ready, we're committing to cold weather. But then today seems like it's going to be a lovely day again, just in time for the long weekend, which is lovely. I'm here to just remind you uh, of a few things and give you some announcements. If you didn't check in on your way in, can I ask you to pull out your phone now, open up the Church Centre app and make sure that you are checked in online. You can check in that way as well. It really just helps us. But if you're in the building, it really is important for us that you check in uh, just for our COVID safety and that kind of thing. Also, parents, I don't know if you know you can do this, you can pre-check your children in. You can prepare your check-in for creation SBC kids right now while I'm talking so that when you go out there, you don't have to line up in the line on the left. You can line up in front of the iPads right outside the door and just hold your QR code and that's it. You're checked in, pick up your label and head in. So if you'd like to, you can prepare that check-in and be ready ready now. Amazing. Very good. Otherwise, uh, the church online app, uh, the church centre app is the best way for you to uh, give. Uh, All the giving details, we'll pop the giving details up for you as well, but that's the easiest way to give. You can also, if you'd like to give in cash, you can do that um, on your way out just on the left there. Otherwise, online, you can find the link for that as well. Uh, as well as Next Steps cards and Connect cards. All of that can be found on the app. It's the best, the best way to be connected to church at the moment without having to touch Jeremy pens. <laughs> and it's great because it keeps you up to date with everything that's happening in church life. You can register for events. One of the great events that is coming up that you can register for is the church picnic, which will be happening on Monday. Uh, and so that's going to be a really great time. So we'll be meeting at Cowawear from 11 a.m. If you don't know where that is, Google Maps will probably tell you. But if you really need a hand, just uh, sing out and someone can help you with how to get there. Um, it's a BYO picnic, but just a little reminder that there's no barbecue facilities at Cowawear. So make sure you bring something that's cooked because raw meat would not go down well once you got there and realised you couldn't cook your chicken. That's not advisable. So uh, make sure that you 
bring a BYO lunch, 11 a.m. There's lots of room for like fun and activities, and if it's a nice warm day, you can get in the water there at Kauwea. So that's set to be a really great time. And you can register uh, for that if you would like on the Church Centre app. Also, just a quick note, Pastor Brad is going on leave. You should probably all know that. This is in your newsletter, but he'll be on leave. So if you need anything else, you can contact uh, me or Pastor Steve, Pastor Jackie, or just uh, Beck at the church office if you're in need of anything in that time. He'll still be around um, renovating his house, I think, is the, the, the goal. They have no kitchen at the moment, so that's a good time. So um, hopefully by the time he's back on the 29th, they have a kitchen again. Uh, but yeah, so Pastor Brad's on leave, just a little note. Hey, speaking of cool church events, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the four-wheel drive trip happened, and one of our very talented uh, team who went on that event has made a great little uh, teaser video of how fun church family events can be. So uh, the team are going to pop that one up for us to watch. So that's great. Thank you. Very well done. Some guy from Church Productions. We appreciate that greatly. Uh, So that's how much fun uh, church events can be. If you've ever considered going on a four-wheel drive trip, I don't know about you, but that that seems like a... um, I might be more convinced that the, the girls getting covered in smoothie had me sure I didn't want to, but maybe the little puppy, the little puppy uh, might have won me over in that shot. Uh, but church events are great. It's great when the whole family of all ages come together. So uh, please keep in mind, yeah, the picnic is going to be a really great time. Not quite as adventurous as the four-wheel drive trip, I don't think, but uh, is an event for all ages. And it's just great when we can all come together from uh, young people right up to uh, the grandparents of SBC. We love, we love to have everybody involved. All right, I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to pray and we're going to continue in our worship this morning. God, we thank you. We thank you for how you love us. We thank you for your love that is toward us. We thank you that you have made us a part of this community. We lift up the needs of our community to you this morning and just ask for uh, your supernatural touch, God. Uh, There are needs in our community, in our church family of healing, and so we just uh, speak that now. And we ask that you would bring peace in situations that need peace, that you would bring hope in hopeless situations, God. Uh, But mostly we pray for our community, the wider community of Sale and Wellington this morning, and ask that you would be uh, moving and preparing hearts, God, um, for your your good work. God, we know that uh, the biggest gift uh, that we receive from you is salvation. And so we just uh, speak out salvation over Sale and Wellington this morning and ask that um, you would move in ways that only you can uh, as we follow you into discipling uh, our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, we give you so much praise this morning. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross so that we might know you, so we might know forgiveness, freedom, life, hope, joy. God, that all that is found in your kingdom. 
God, you have allowed us to enter in through what Jesus has done. God, you have given us so much grace, more than we could ever deserve, more than we could ever comprehend. And God, I pray this morning that we might know that grace, wherever we find ourselves this morning. God, that we might know that you love us, that you welcome us in, that you have a plan for us, you have a purpose for us. God, we pray this morning that through every word that's spoken, every conversation had, that you would get glory, that we might know um, who you are and, and what you've done for us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our family. We thank you for kids. We thank you for everything that's going on in this place this morning. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, please grab a seat. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you. Good morning to those online. Great to have you. Very cool. Very cool. Are you good this morning? You good? Fantastic. Um, Pastor Jackie is not here this morning. She has um, put her back out and is flat, horizontal. I'm sure she's um, online this morning, so welcome Pastor Jackie online, uh, but you can be praying for her. Um, that she'll recover, especially in time for tomorrow, because I'm sure she's keen to go on the, the picnic um, and fly her kite. She's been telling me all about it this week. So, Good time. All right. We are in our church values, vision values series, and we are up to value number four of how many? Four. Yeah. So we're, this is it. We're wrapping this thing up. How exciting. So the first value, of course, is home for all. There is room for you. Um, We talked about this four weeks ago. Home for all. There is room for you. There is a seat at the table just as you are. We all need a saviour and redemption, a church for the unchurched. We talked about this idea that um, it's about showing people the narrow road and the gate to the narrow road, not making them jump a fence to get onto the narrow road. That Jesus flings the doors wide open and says, come, follow me, and he calls us to a high commitment. Second week, we talked about the second value, which of course is truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. God reveals his truth through the Bible and we actively embrace his wisdom on all matters of life. Talked about the idea of having strong foundations so that when opposition or when different arguments or different ideas come at us, we don't get defensive and fight back. Instead, we can empathise, we can listen, we can engage in the conversation because our foundation is strong because we, truth, or we seek truth. Truth serves love. Talked about that idea too. Then last week we talked about a third value, which is praying people, believing for the impossible. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. The Spirit of God works through us and speaks to us in a supernatural way. We talked about this idea of developing a prayer culture. We pray first, we pray with, we pray for, and we pray praise. And if you missed any of those weeks and you're thinking, oh, that sounds interesting, check on the website. You can watch, watch me preach, listen to me preach. We're very high-tech these days. Um, it's a good time. Well done to the, the team that are putting that together every week. Very cool. So this morning we are on our fourth day, which says this. Ready as we are, growing. Ready as we are, growing as we go. God uses ordinary people to achieve extraordinary things. 
we are changing to become more like Jesus. Ready as we are, growing as we go. Let me read a scripture, then we'll um, endeavour to unpack this a little bit. One day, this, oh, sorry, I t- should tell you where I'm... Trust me, this is in the Bible, I'm not just making this up. Luke 9. <laughs> Good on you, Brad. Luke 9, 1 to 6. Luke 9, 1 to 6. I'll give you a few seconds to, to find that on the screen. There it is. It says this, One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for the journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. If a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave um, to show it that you have abandoned these people to their fate. So they began their circuit of villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. God, this morning we pray that as we come around your word that you might speak clearly to us. God, that your word might come alive in our hearts and it might um, enable us to, to step out in obedience with faith and courage. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our boys love playing hide-and-seek. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I loved playing hide-and-seek. Um, and of course, when you start the game of hide-and-seek, you first need to choose who's going to count and who's going to hide. Um, and I tell you what, if, if one of the boys, um, if Judah decides he wants to count, Judah's two, he's about to turn three. If he says, I'll count you and Harry hide, you know that you have probably about two and a half seconds to hide. Because he just goes, one, two, seven... 40. Ready? Like he just says some numbers. He's, he gets the first two in order, and then he just says a few others. Ready, and then, ready or not, here I come. That's, I mean, that's, that's the start of hide and seek, isn't it? Um, Harry's a little bit better. He'll count to 20, but he'll, he's five, so he'll count to 20 as fast as he can. Like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, just, ready or not, here I come. And it's like, and when they get to that age, it's much, it's, it's a bit tricky. You can't, for Judah, I can just hide under a blanket and I mean, he'll, he'll find me, but it'll take a little bit. And I mean, like, how, how long is the optimal time to count for in hide-and-seek? How long is it? I mean, it's a funny question, isn't it? Because for the, for the seeker, it's like five seconds. That's it. That's the optimal time. But for the hider, it's like, I want you to just give me a couple of hours. Like, I want to scope out every single location there is and find a place to hide. For the seeker, the, you know, the time frame is short for the hider. It's a long time. And then you get this, ready or not, here I come. And I guess this idea of ready as we are, are you ready? Ready or not? The seekers are seeking. And they don't want to wait any longer. They don't want to wait hours. They don't want to count to 100 and then say, oh, now now I'll come find you. And you're harder to find. But the optimal time for a, a seeker is the shortest amount possible. Ready or not. The longer they wait, the harder it is sometimes to find. Ready as we are, growing as we go. Ready as we are means this idea of being accessible, that we are easy to find, not hard to find, that we make the gospel easy to encounter, not hard, that we are discipleship-focused. Sometimes when we um, have a look at this idea of... um, 
got dots on the stage. Is that where I'm supposed to stand? I'm not doing that. Um, sorry, guys. Um, when we think about this idea of going and making disciples, we think, well, I've got to get ready first. I'm not quite ready. I mean, I've just got to understand the Bible a little bit to go and make disciples. I've got to understand what it is to baptize someone or to um, exegete the, the Gospels properly. But this idea of ready as we are, growing as we go, is this idea that Jesus sends his disciples on mission before they're really ready. I mean, you look at when he gets them to do things and how he gets them to do things and the way that they mess up and, and make mistakes and um, the, kinds of, the kinds of guys that they are at this, at this time. He just says, just don't take anything for this journey. Just go, preach the good news, heal the sick. You'll be okay. Ready as we are. This value embodies the mission that we are on, making disciples, going and telling. Matthew 28, of course we know this. I feel like this is sort of the, the vision statement and the mission statement of every church, of, of God's church. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given um, to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And if there was one thing that you and I are all called to do, that we are all supposed to be doing, it's this, go and tell. Go and make disciples. And my hope, my dream, my prayer for this church, for us, is that we be a going church. That we be not just a church of people getting ready to one day go, but we would be a, a going church, ready as we are. And that as we go, we grow. As we go and tell people, we discover more about God, more about what it is to be a disciple of his, what it is to, to make disciples of his. And Jesus sends out the, um, the 12 disciples in Luke 9, the verse we read before. He gives them what is actually needed for this journey. I'll just read verses 1 and 2 again. One day Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all the demons and to heal all diseases. He sent them to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Power and authority. That's what Jesus gave his disciples. And we need to stop and pause and say, without the power and authority of Jesus, without his work in us and through us, we have no hope of doing anything that he's called us to do. The things that we think we need to be successful in making disciples are not the things we actually need. What we actually need is the power of God working through us. What we actually need is what we talked about last week, prayer, depending on God, a praying people, believing for the impossible. Without God, this is impossible. Nothing we can do can see this vision fulfilled. It requires the presence of God in us and amongst us. No miracle, no revival happens without seeking God and seeing him at work. This mission of going and making disciples is not about talking people into it. You know, if you can talk someone into something, someone else can talk them out of it. If someone can talk you into the kingdom of God, someone else can talk you out of the kingdom of God. What we need is a heart transformation. What Ephesians 2 talks about, of bringing a dead, um, dead person back to life. Dead in our sin, alive in Christ. That can only happen through the power of the gospel. 
doesn't happen because someone told you about it. It's the work of the Spirit in us. And in verse 3 of that scripture we read, it says, take nothing for the journey. Don't get prepared. Just go as you are with what you have. Just go. You'll work it out on the way. Nothing happens without the power and authority of Jesus, but nothing happens without us stepping out in faith as well. I don't know about you, but there's often times, and even in this role, I often feel like I'm not ready for this yet. I don't feel like I'm prepared enough to to do what I'm doing. But I take the step of faith anyway. I do what I'm called to do anyway. I mean, think about when, if you're a parent or if you want to be a parent one day, or anyone that's ever been a parent, no one's ever ready for that step. It's like you just one day are a parent. The, the day before you're not, and the next day you are. And I don't know about you, but when I became a parent, I did not feel like I was ready to be a parent. It's like they, I remember putting Harrison in the car seat the first time out of the hospital. I thought, they trust me to do this? Like put them in the seat and put the clicks in properly and drive the car like no one's going to check that I've done that like they're going to check that I can uh, uh, you know all the other things that you need to get licenses for and checks and balances for but they're just going to like give me a living human and say here you go keep this one alive like (laughs) you don't feel ready but you you do it anyway every big first step we take we take without ever having done it before whether that's walking you know, when a baby's starting to learn to walk, they've never done it before, but they've seen people do it, and they're like, well, I can do that. And they, they try to take a step, and they fall on their face. But then they get up, and they try again. And as they continue to try to take that first step, or those first two steps, they start to string a few together. And before you know it, they're walking. Or driving, you know, the first time you've driven a car, you've seen other people do it, and you get behind the wheel, and you think, how hard could this be? And you just think, that's the go, that's the stop. Put your foot on the go and you think, wow, it's going. I better stop. And then you push the, you just, I mean, go all the way, stop, boom, stop, straight away. I mean, it's not a very fun way to drive, but you learn how to do it as you go. Or writing, you know, Harrison's beginning to write letters and, I mean, it's pretty hard to understand what he's writing, but every time he's writing, it's getting better and better. He's never done it before, but as he continues to do it, uh, he hones the skill of speaking, same thing. Some, for some of us, this idea of going and making disciples just seems so foreign, like, I could never do that. And my encouragement, my challenge for you this morning is that you would take that first step, is that you would just start, that you would not say, one day I will. One day when I'm ready, one day when I've got this sorted out or this part of my life sorted out, one day I will go and do that. But you would do it as you take a step that you had never taken before. Luke chapter 9 is followed by Luke chapter 10. If I don't know if you knew that or not. I know I you know, give you really big pearls of truth from the pulpit sometimes. That's a big one. Luke chapter 10 follows Luke chapter 9. And Luke chapter 10 tells you uh, a story of basically a mirror of Luke chapter 9. Except in Luke chapter 10, this time it's not the 12 that are sent out, it's the 72. And I love that um, Luke puts these like back to back. 
like he says, the 12 already, and you think, oh, yeah, but they're the 12 disciples. And you might have thought when I was starting to talk about this, yeah, but Brad, they were ready because they were the 12 disciples. And then he sends out the 72. And I love that Luke puts these together because sometimes we think of this idea of um, going and make disciples just for the, the elite Christians. It's for, like, the disciples, the ones that are known by Jesus himself, the ones that are, you know, in the 12. And, you th- and we all think, well, I'm not one of those. And then Luke puts this like 72, it's just like the nameless, the people that aren't recorded and we don't know anything about who they are, but Jesus sends them nonetheless to do exactly the same thing. This is for everyone. It's not just for the elite. It's not just for the 12. Luke 10, 1 to 4, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great. But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Again, don't get ready, just go as you are. I think the idea of discipleship has been missed a little bit like this, that it's in the sense that it's become a professional's job. I mean, in our culture today, everything is professionalised. If you want to learn something like how to dance or you want to learn how to play footy, you, you go to sort of organised, and you get organised people that are trained and coach, you know, who can coach you in those skills. And so we send our kids and they do all these things, and, and rightly so, you know, you want to you want someone teaching your kid how to do it because they know how to do it. You don't want... I mean, I could teach you how to dance, but you would be a terrible dancer. Or maybe you'd look at me and go, huh, that's, not how, that's definitely not how to do it. I'll do it the other way. Um, but we, I think we can let that creep into our church and discipleship culture as well, that it's just for those that are trained. It's for those that have done the discipleship course. But Jesus says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Just Go. And this is the reality of our situation, that the harvest is great. There are people ready to hear the good news. The harvest is ready. The workers are few. So let's go. We're ready as we are. We'll grow as we go. I don't know about you, but I want my walk with Jesus to grow. I want my faith in Jesus to to deepen. And the, the best way I know how to do that is to continue to take steps of faith in the direction he wants me to go. And I can guarantee you this is the direction that he wants you to go, is to go and make disciples. And so if you want to grow in your walk with God, I mean, by all means, pray. Spend time reading the Bible. But I mean, those two are just like the little parts of the bigger part of going and making disciples. They just set you up so you go with faith, with courage, As we engage in the mission God has for us, we'll see him work a miracle, not only in lives around us, but in our own life as well. Grow as you go. I love this verse in Acts 4, verse 13. I think I've shared this before around this idea. It says this, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men 
with no special training in the scriptures, they also, they also recognised them as men who had been with Jesus. I mean, what a summary of Peter and John. Imagine being called just like, you're just an, I mean, the, I think the Greek word there for ordinary people is idioses, which we get the word idiot from. It's like, these guys were just like dum-dums. They were just ordinary people. No special training in the scriptures, but they had boldness and courage and they've been with Jesus. There's something about them. There's something that has been transformed in their own life. We can recognize they've been with Jesus. Ordinary people, extraordinary mission. Ordinary people, extraordinary mission. And we are much the same like that. Just ordinary people. And I pray that people would recognize us as that they've been with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. There's something about them. No special training, just a real walk with Jesus. There's another story in John 9. I don't have all the time to go into details, but it's the story, if you, if you know it, of where Jesus spits in the mud, uh, spits in the dirt, makes some mud and rubs it in the, the man's eyes and makes him see again. Anyway, it's a, it's a bit of a story. It goes on and the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, go to this man who received this healing and ask, they quiz him. Um, with a lot of questions and he's going backwards and forwards but at one point um, he answers in John 9 verse 25 to 27 he says whether he's a sinner uh, whether or not he's a sinner I don't know one thing I do know I was blind and now I can see and then they asked him what did he do to you how did he open your eyes I already told you he said and you don't listen why do you want to hear it again you don't want to become a disciple of um, his too do you And I just love this idea that this man had just had an encounter with Jesus. And they're asking him all these tough questions. And he just says, I don't know the answer to all these questions. But this is what I do know. That I was blind, but now I see. Do you want to follow him too? Like what a picture of it is to fulfill the mission of God. That if we would go with that attitude, like I don't know the answers but this is my experience of walking with Jesus this is what he's done for me do you want to follow him too do you want to come on the journey of discipleship too this man had just encountered Jesus in the same I don't know within the hour he's putting the his testimony out there in front of someone and saying do you want to do it too like what a story what a way of um, going and making disciples, of just sharing what God has done for you. You don't need to know all the answers. You don't need to know every answer that someone might ask you. I don't know is a legitimate answer to any question that you don't know the answer to. Too many Christians, when they don't know the answer to something, they make up an answer. If you don't know the answer, it's okay to say, I don't know. Maybe let's explore it together. Let's find out. Ask someone else. Read the Bible. See what you think. We're truth seekers. We're humble in our approach to what God's word teaches us. But we follow Jesus together. And this value, ready as we are, rounds out the others that we've been talking about. Home for all, that we are welcoming people as they are. Truth seeking, discovering Jesus and his word together. Praying people, depending on God and his power for everything. Ready as we are, going with what we have and how we are. And as we live like this, going, walking with Jesus, transformation happens for us and for those around us. You know, we put this in um, at the end. 
ready as we are, growing as we go. Because we know that as we do this, we will be changed to become more like Jesus. There is transformation that happens in all of us and happens as we go on mission, as we do the things that God has called us to do. I don't know about you, but these values make me excited and um, make me excited to be a part of this church. Imagine if we embraced these values with all that we have, that we decide to embody these values, which I think are just kingdom biblical values. I don't think there's anything extraordinarily special about them. But I think if we can embrace these values as a people, as a family, what God might do through us, what God might do in us, what he might do to our community, what he might might do amongst our families, in our schools, in our workplaces. I want to ask you this. Are you in? Are you ready to embody and embrace these values in your own life personally? in your ministries, in your small groups, in your families, in this church, in this place. If you are, I'm going to invite the team to come, but I, I want you to stand as a sign of commitment. That's, you're saying, yeah, I'm committing to, to these values. I don't know if we can put them all up together or not, but um, home for all, truth seekers, praying people, ready as we are. If you're ready to make a commitment and say, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's embody these values. I actually invite you to stand. I want to pray. That we might be a church that embodies these values with everything we have. We might commit together to, to do our best to be this kind of church, this kind of people, this kind of home, this kind of family. God, this morning we come before you, we come in a posture of surrender. And we ask that that you might move amongst us, you might unify us around these ideas, these values, your values. God, so we might be your church, your people that are on a mission for you, seeking to see people come to know you, seeking to see people welcomed into the family and on a discipleship journey with you. So God, I pray for, for those of us that are standing, those of us that are, that are watching online committing to these values as well, that, that you would remind us often of these commitments. God, that when we come up with something against something that we think, what should I do in this situation? These values might help us frame our response. They might help us frame our engagement with ministries and with small groups and with each other. And the God that as we do, we will become more like Jesus. We will be transformed into the people and the, the family that you want us to become. So God, we commit this morning, before you and before each other, to embody these values as best as we can. And God, we ask that you would move through us as we do. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.